Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. So let's open up our Bibles. We're going to look together in the book of Genesis chapter 22. If you join me there tonight, Genesis chapter 22. So I do want to say once again, thank you for uh, all, all of our veterans who have served uh, watching online or watching there in the building tonight. We appreciate you so much. And uh, I hope to encourage you tonight to take some inspiration from the Word of God. Uh, the idea of sacrifice is one that is central, a central theme in the Bible. And uh, I pray that we would all have the spirit to choose sacrifice. When you begin to examine the record of God's Word, you will discover that there is sacrifice all over the Bible. And some of, some of the sacrifice is uh, in the record of the followers of Jesus. So as you know, uh, Jesus um, had 12 disciples, and they were marked by the lives that they lived. I just want to take a moment to share with you uh, how... The 12 disciples, the apostles, uh, other than Judas, of course, but how their lives finally ended up. So, for example, Matthew, he went on to suffer martyrdom in Ethiopia, killed by a sword. In uh, Mark, he died in Egypt after being dragged by horses through the streets until he died. Luke was hung in Greece as a result of his tremendous preaching to the lost. The Apostle John, as we know, faced martyrdom. He was boiled in a huge basin of boiling oil. However, he was somehow miraculously delivered from death. Uh, when he couldn't be killed by the boiling oil, he was sentenced to the mines on the prison island of Patmos, where he wrote the book of Revelation. Peter was crucified ups upside down on an X-shaped cross telling his tormentors that he was unworthy to die in the same way that Jesus Christ had died. James the Just, who was the brother of Jesus, uh, leader of the church in Jerusalem, was thrown over a hundred foot from the southeast pinnacle of the temple when he refused to deny his faith in Christ. He discovered the fall, uh, but his enemies beat him to death with a club. This is the same pinnacle where Satan had taken Jesus during the temptation. Another James, son of Zebedee, fisherman by trade, was a strong leader, was ultimately beheaded in Jerusalem. Bartholomew, also known as Nathaniel, became a missionary to Asia. He was martyred for his preaching in Armenia when he was believed to have been flayed to death by a whip. Andrew, also crucified on an X-shaped cross, in Greece, Thomas stabbed with a spear in India during one of his missionary trips. 
Jude, uh, killed with arrows when he refused to deny his faith. Matthias, chosen to replace Judas, uh, was stoned in Jerusalem and then beheaded. Barnabas, one of the 70 disciples, preached throughout Italy and Cyprus, stoned to death. Philip was crucified. Paul, of course, imprisoned for a lengthy amount of time. He was tortured and then beheaded by Nero in A.D. 67. And uh, and you can't even show up for prayer on time. <laughs> so the reason I make all of these statements here tonight is because serving the Lord is going to require some sacrifice. We, on this Veterans Day 2020, we choose to remember the sacrifices that our military have made for us. Famous preacher C.T. Studd, he said it like this, If Jesus be God and he died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. Let me ask you, do you agree with that statement, church? I can see you sitting there. Don't think that I that the camera's been turned off. Uh, the question that I, that I give to you this evening, do you agree that there is no sacrifice that is too great for us to make for him? The story we're about to read in the Word of God is a story of sacrifice. It's a story of the father of our faith. And, uh, God begins to ask him to, to, to make a sacrifice that we think, uh, should be impossible. But, my challenge for you, every person sitting in the building tonight, every person watching online, I want to challenge you, maybe God would speak to you in a similar way to make a sacrifice. This is a story of sacrifice. Let's read it together in Genesis 22, beginning with verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Let's pray tonight. Lord, I thank you for the sacrifices that have been made by our military members today. On this Veterans Day, God, we honor their service. Uh, but God, we want to learn from that service and that sacrifice. I'm praying for every person that is listening to this message now. Lord, that you would inspire us. Lord, remind us that you are a God that calls us to sacrifice, even as you have made sacrifices for us. We pray, God, help us to surrender to your will and your purpose in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen. So tonight, this is a message I've titled, Choosing Sacrifice. And I want to uh, begin by reminding you tonight that God does command sacrifices. Now that's hard. That's hard for us to fathom. In a time, in a world where most churches, many churches, 
require little to no sacrifices for you to be a, a, a member of that church. In other words, uh, many churches, most churches in the world, preach a certain kind of Christianity, which says, you know, come to church, uh, sit in a nice comfy chair, make sure you get a coffee in the lobby, have a snack or two, uh, have a good time, sit back, relax, we're not going to put pressure, we're not going to... And this idea of low-pressure Christianity is definitely not in the Bible. I dare you to find for me, find me a page, find me a chapter in the Bible where uh, where believers and people of God were taking it easy. And if you find for me a place where people in the Bible are taking it easy, they're probably in the midst of rebellion or disobedience against God. Isn't that true tonight? Isn't it true that of David, that as soon as he started to take it easy, he was led into temptation and disobedience? Listen, let me dispel, let me break this bubble in your mind right now. God does not want you to be comfortable. This idea of comfort and ease is such an idol in our generation that people worship at. They will do almost anything. You will do almost anything to remain comfortable. And if that is your idol tonight, let me just remind you what happens when we worship idols. God is not okay with that. It is a myth tonight that God wants you to be comfortable. No, God's will, most of the time. I'm not saying that every day of our lives God wants us to be uh, strenuous and difficult, but listen, when you are comfortable, you are not growing. When you are comfortable, you are not, uh, most of the time, you are not going to fulfill the will of God for your life. Think about Abraham here in, in, this, uh, in this story. Abraham is not a young man. He's an old man. He has, uh, uh, we know that God visited him, gave him a promise that he would have a son. And he had to wait on that promise for years and years perhaps 15 or 20 years passed by before the promise came to pass. Abraham was not a young man when, when Isaac was born. He was an old man. And no doubt, Abraham would have, uh, would have enjoyed a full life. He has made many decisions for God over the years. And now he has this promise. He has this, this, uh, this reward from God for his years of faithfulness. And God begins to point at that promise and say, Abraham, I want you to give him back to me. I'm the one who gave him to you. Now you give him back to me. I want to tell you tonight that there are times in your life, God will ask you to make a sacrifice. Do not think tonight that the Christian life is a life of comfort, ease, and just making it to the next day, let me see how comfortable I can be. That is not true tonight. There is a long history of God's faithful people having to make incredible sacrifices for the kingdom of God. Whenever you read about altars in the Bible, an altar is a place where sacrifices happen. How often do we find altars, especially here in the book of Genesis, in Genesis 8.20, Noah built an altar to the Lord. 
and took every clean animal. It's the first thing he did after the 40 days uh, of rain and after the great deluge. Uh, in chapter 12, verse 7, the Lord appeared to Abram, Abram and said, uh, to your descendants, I will give this land. And he built an altar to the Lord. Genesis 13, 4, to the place of the altar, which he had made there at first. Abram called on the name of the Lord. Genesis 15, uh, Abram has to make another altar and, and uh, make a sacrifice. Uh, the Passover, of course. Listen, oh, we love the story of the, the Passover of the Jews, but you know, that whole story is centered on a sacrifice, isn't it? That these, uh, these Jewish slaves in the land of Egypt, before that God is going to rescue them, they have to make a sacrifice. Listen to me tonight. God will ask you to sacrifice. Let me ask you tonight. Is God asking you to make a sacrifice to him? Where in your life have you found comfort and ease? If serving God for you is easy, you're probably doing it wrong. Now, I'm not saying tonight that God is some kind of sadist and enjoys watching us suffer. That's not what I'm saying. Our God is a good God. He is a good father. And as a good father, he does not want you to remain as you are. If you remain as you are, you are not growing, you are not stretching your faith, you are not getting better. And tonight, the way that God makes you better is by causing you to stretch and grow in your faith. How do you do that? When you make sacrifice. Pastor, what is the mark of a real sacrifice tonight? And see, what happens right now is, uh, as, as you're hearing about sacrifices, is what, what we do as Christians, and, and uh, don't think that you're, you're not included here tonight, because every one of us d does this. What we do is we talk ourselves into believing, oh yes, of course, pastor, I agree 100%. Uh, uh, Christians need to sacrifice, need to make sacrifices for the kingdom, of course. Yes, I'm on board 100%. And what we do is that we, we talk ourselves and we build ourselves up and we think to ourselves, oh, look at all the sacrifices I've made. Look at 20 years ago when I made a sacrifice for the Lord Jesus. Do you remember that? Man, I remember when I made a sacrifice. And in reality, how many know? God is calling us to much, much more. Think again about Abraham here. He is no, he is no spring chicken. He is not new to this journey of faith. He is experienced with God by this time. And still, at the end of his life, when he has received his reward, when his blessing is in his hands, they say that Isaac was, was not a boy in this story. He was a man. He is a young man. And now, God says, I want you to make this sacrifice. That's serious. That's, that means in your elder years, whether you are a brand new Christian, we, we just did a, an interview with a with a brother in the Chandler Church uh, for our podcast. His name is uh, Octavio, uh, Octavo Portillo, and he is a brother in the Chandler Church. And uh, we were talking about him getting sent out as a pastor into the city of Phoenix. And he, he, uh, he made an interesting uh, statement about, because this is his second time being launched out as a pastor. 
And so, uh, so here's, he, he spoke about the first time when he was a younger man back in the year 2004. This is, uh, 16 years ago. And he said, you know, back then I didn't have a whole lot of things. I didn't have a house. We had a tiny apartment, my wife and my kids. And so we, to become a pastor, we just moved. We got another tiny apartment, you know, and it, it wasn't that big of a change. But he says, now here I am, 16 years later, I've made a little money. I've had some success with my business. I uh, purchased a, a nice house for me and my wife to live in. And now he's getting launched again into the city of Phoenix. And, and this is an even greater sacrifice for him now because now years later, he's not a young man anymore. Now he's got something to lose. Now he's got some comfort and some ease. And he says, now... Now I'm going to really have to sacrifice to make this happen. I'm telling you, this is, this is what, uh, Veterans Day is all about. See, we, you know, we, we, the reason that we honor this day is because there are men and women around the world and, uh, and they have chosen to give up the comforts of civilian life. Some of you listening to this, you remember what that was like when other people in your classes, when other people around you chose to sit at home and read comic books or play video games or watch television, you chose to surrender your life and sign on the dotted line and you were no longer your own at that moment. You became state property. You became a willing uh, uh, life, uh, a living sacrifice for your country. And there are people who have given the ultimate sacrifice. There are those who have laid down their lives to protect our freedoms. And there are also those who are sleeping in the middle of the desert or on bulkheads in the middle of the ocean, you know? And there are those who uh, are very uncomfortable. That's why we honor them. Because sacrifice is worth something. See, we Christians, we we like to convince ourselves of how much we're sacrificing for God. But really tonight, are you sacrificing? How do you know tonight what a real sacrifice looks like? You remember the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4. The Bible says in verse 3 that in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground and Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Cain was angry and his countenance fell. There are two kinds of sacrifices that people make. <laughs> there is a Cain sacrifice and there is an Abel sacrifice. Do you know what the difference was? Blood. So Cain, he brings, uh, you know, he brings an armful of potatoes and cabbage, but Abel brought the firstborn of his flock. Abel laid down a life and made a sacrifice that bled to the ground. What about you tonight? What kind of sacrifice do you make for the kingdom? Oh, pastor, I'm, I'm doing great things for God. Take a look at this turnip I've brought to the Lord. Yeah, this uh, $5 bill that I dropped in the offering. Yeah, you know, uh, I made it to church three times this month. Woo, look at me go. That's a Cain sacrifice, isn't it? And are we want are are we uh, surprised when God does not respect that? And there are those of you who you know, and God knows, 
that you are truly sacrificing for him, that there is blood, sweat, and tears involved in your labor for God, in your prayer life, in your giving. Listen, so much of Christian religion today is nothing more than a potato Cain sacrifice. The truth is tonight that, you know, we are all making sacrifices in our lives. The trouble is that we make sacrifices for the wrong things. What are you sacrificing for tonight? Some people sacrifice so that they can be on the job. Some people sacrifice so that they can uh, make an extra paycheck. Some people sacrifice so that uh, they can go watch the game on Sunday or on Thursday night. You make a sacrifice for family at the expense of the kingdom of God. Listen, you will always make sacrifices for the things that you truly care about. Some of you, you would rather be playing a video game right now than sitting in the church service or watching online. You are willing to make a sacrifice to turn off the live stream because, oh, that pastor, you know, he's making me uncomfortable. I'd rather go watch something that makes me feel better. See, you're willing to sacrifice. The problem is, are you sacrificing for the wrong thing? So how do you know tonight? How do you know if your sacrifice has any meaning before God? How do you know tonight if God is respecting your sacrifice or if it's a cane, a a potato, a a cabbage, uh, that really, you know, it's not nothing, but it's really not anything special? Well, again, the mark of true sacrifice is blood. There is death involved. There is a killing. And that is painful. Something has to die. So when the offering plate passes by and you drop in a dollar, did that hurt you? Was there any pain involved? You know, true giving, sometimes giving that tithe and that offering that God has has asked of you, that is painful, isn't it? Sometimes, uh, you know, it takes all of the strength and the faith that you've got to make that sacrifice. Sometimes, you know, when, when you're, when you're busy at work and, and, uh, you know, you just clocked out and it's, it's, uh, time, you stuff your face as fast as you can and to get to the church service on time. Man, that is painful. It's difficult. You'd rather just sit on the couch and chill for a few hours. But if it hurts, that's the evidence that it's a real sacrifice. Second mark of a real sacrifice is that it requires faith. Look at Abraham as he begins to obey God with this uh, offering that God has commanded him to give. In verse 5 of our same chapter, Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Now that's very curious tonight. Because remember what the Lord has has asked Abraham to do. He says, I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son Isaac, on the altar. To make a sacrifice, like an animal. And, you know, if a sacrifice is real, it means something's going to die on that altar. And here's Abraham, before all of this happens, he speaks to his servants and he says, the young boy and I, we're going to go up there and worship and we, say the word we, we will come back to you. In other words, Abraham believes somehow that the two of them are coming back together. 
He's going to go up that mountain and he either believes that God is going to resurrect his son or that something's going to happen so that both of them see this is the faith of Abraham. He says, I am going to go through with what God asked me to do, but I don't know how this is going to happen. We will come back to you. That's faith. See, true sacrifice requires faith. It requires you and I to believe God. Can I tell you something tonight? I would not be where I am in the in the plan of God, in the purpose of God. You know, I, I am so privileged to be a part of what God is doing, to be a pastor of this congregation for these 10 years, to be able to preach around the world for uh, for p- cities and pastors <coughs> in our fellowship, to be a you know, disciple of Pastor Campbell. And, and all of those things, uh, those are blessings that God has placed in my life, my, my wife and my children in this time that we have. But I'm telling you, all of these blessings in my life, They did not come without sacrifice. See, I would not be the person that I am today unless along the way I was willing to make sacrifices. Early on in my salvation, I decided that I'm going to sacrifice my time for the kingdom. I'm not going to take a job that requires me to be out of church services. I I am not going to allow other other priorities to rise above my commitment to God, to fellowship, to people, to to preaching and studying the Word of God. I'm not going to give my vacation time. You know, uh, in, in our fellowship, what we do is we use our vacation time to go to conference. Made up my mind a long time ago. If I'm going to take a vacation, it's going to be for an impact team or for a conference. I'm not going to go and sit on a beach for five days. No, we're going to use our time for the kingdom. I made my mind a long time ago that I'm going to be faithful with tithe and offering. That's not in dispute. That's not up for debate. That means every time I get a paycheck that that first 10% doesn't go to my back pocket. It goes to God's front pocket. It goes to the kingdom. And that hasn't changed in all of these years. And I want to tell you that those that's not always been easy. It's not always been comfortable. But this is what God asks us to do. Maybe he's asking you tonight, is there a sacrifice that he has asked you to make? And you're resisting him. If we be honest tonight, this is something that should come naturally to a true believer. It should come naturally. It should come as a response of our knowledge of what Christ has already done for us. So let's look then uh, at the fruit of this life of sacrifices. What happens when we will truly believe, when we will be willing to choose sacrifice? And just like our veterans that we're celebrating today, if we will choose to sign our lives on the dotted line and say, I'm a living sacrifice, I'm willing to be in the service of my God, I'm willing to help my church and my pastor, I'm willing to be uh, surrendered to the will of God, I'm willing tonight, I, I'm, I, I don't know every answer to every question, but I do know this, I want to serve God. What will happen in your life if you begin to make those decisions? Let's look at what happens with this story in 
in Abraham's life. Genesis 22, back to our same chapter, verse 12. Here's God who says, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Now you know this story as uh, as as Abraham takes Isaac up the mountain, he creates the altar. Uh, Ab- uh, Isaac is carrying the very wood that he's about to uh, to create the altar with. He lays him down. He raises up the knife to slay his son, and God says, "Stop, stop." Now I know. Now I know that you are willing, Abraham. You have not withheld. The, he waited until the last moment to see if Abraham's faith was real. So what is the fruit of living a life of sacrifice? Well, the best way to ensure Isaac's safety was to put him on the altar. Isn't that interesting tonight? What if Abraham had resisted God here? What if Abraham would have pretended that God didn't speak? Do you know what would have happened? He would have endangered himself, his son, and his whole family. Because disobedience is rebellion against God. It's like the sin of witchcraft. Disobedience against God would have brought a curse upon him and would have put his entire family and future in danger. In other words, tonight, the only way to make sure Isaac was safe and secure in future generations was to sacrifice. You've got to learn this, man of God. You've got to learn this, Christian. The only way to secure your family, to secure the future of your children, is to make sacrifices for God. Not for your job, not for your bottom line, not for your sports team, for the kingdom tonight. The best way to ensure the safety and security of your life is to make sure you're in the center of God's will. Jesus said in Matthew 1625, whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. What about you tonight? Do you want to find the meaning of true life? Do you want to find the true meaning of purpose and fulfillment in God? You've got to be willing to give up your life then. You've got to be willing to give up your comfort your peace, your satisfaction. Listen, nothing, nothing ever good ever comes out of your peace, security, stability, and comfort. I look at this generation that's rising up, the millennial generation and Gen Z coming after it, a generation that is in love with comfort. And you can't really blame them because it's a generation that's been raised up in so much instability, financial instability right? Uh, Cultural instability all around us. And so the natural response to that is I've got to find a safe harbor. The problem is you were not created for safe harbor. You are a ship that was made to go out on the sea. And tonight, the only way that we grow, the only way that we thrive is when we will risk for God. Second thing that we gain when we have a life of sacrifice is provision. Verse 13 says that Abraham lifted his eyes and looked 
and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went, took the ram, and offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. So this was only possible, church, when he was willing to sacrifice. See, this provision was somehow hidden from his eyes. We don't know exactly how this works. But we do know that the moment that God stopped his hand, he says, look over there. There is a perfect sacrifice ready and waiting to replace your son. This is God's provision. God says, I have a perfect provision that is exactly right for this exact moment in time, Abraham. I have provided it. I have given it to you. I've prepared it. This is the check in the mail for exactly the amount of the bill that you needed to pay, brother Abraham. Provision. I find that people who are unwilling to sacrifice for God, they often do not have those testimonies, those miracles of God's provision. That, uh, that conspicuously, those who fail to pay, pay their tithe or their offerings, their life is marked by lost jobs. Always uh, uh, making less than what you could be making. Could it be tonight God is calling you to make a sacrifice? You know, I believe that, that God has provision for you. He has a monetary provision more than that he's got he's got supernatural provision for your mind and your heart the third thing that we see is revelation god got a new di- name that day he revealed himself to abraham with a new title and that title was the lord will provide jehovah jireh the lord will provide the word provide in the Latin root of that, pro meaning forward, and vide, which means to see. It is the Lord who sees, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees and will provide for my need. Abraham got a living parable of what it means to have a God who could see his need before uh, it ever arrived. You know that, that the Lord knows your needs before you even approach him? But see, you'll never know that God unless you're willing to sacrifice. It is only those who live a life of sacrifice who will see God in a new way, who will truly be uh, revealed his character. Listen to the, to the promises that God made. And this is a mark of a, a life of sacrifice. You will receive God's promises. Listen to what God says to Abraham after he is willing to make this sacrifice. Verse 16. By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and not withheld your son, blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashores, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Listen. God has precious promises for you and I. Precious promises for those who would be willing to lay down their life. Those, those promises do not, do not apply to the person who is holding on so tightly to everything that is in your life. No, what we've got to learn tonight is to let go. To let go of those things that we hold so tightly to. Whether it's your money whether it's your pride, whether it's your idea of what your future is going to be, God 
has better things. Can you say amen? Listen to what Jesus said. Matthew 19, 29. Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit eternal life. What about you tonight? You know, I often think about when we, uh, when we made a decision to become missionaries and go to Bulgaria, uh, when we were young, you know, my wife and I were 25 years old and stepping out to become missionaries. And at that point, we were pretty well off. Both of us had pretty good jobs and we had a nice house. We had a couple of cars. We had a dog. Uh, we had, you know, we had the typical suburban life, man. And it was, it was nice. Before we had kids, we were what is known as dinks, double income, no kids, right? And all of a sudden, we had to, we had to liquidate <laughs> everything because we're moving overseas. You can't take a house with you. You can't take a car on an airplane. And, uh, so we, we let the church know, uh, that we're having, we're having a, a, a giveaway. And, uh, we wanted to bless people. And so uh, that's what we did. You know, we invited the church over for one Saturday. We had a bunch of stuff in our, in our garage that day that, you know, we couldn't, couldn't store it, couldn't keep it, couldn't take it with us. So, you know, uh, just come and pick it up. And on that day, you know, the scavengers <laughs> of our church, now all of them came with pickup trucks. And by the time that day was over, man, uh, that garage was, was clean. Even, even the dust on the floor was swept up. My goodness. It was like a fire passed through there. And you know, what's funny about that is when we would come back, uh, you know, on furlough and we would, we would go to the church and we would visit people and I'd be going to people's houses sometimes. And I say, Hey, I remember one time we went to Adam and Beth Stevens's house and I passed by and I was like, Hey, isn't that our refrigerator? Yeah, that's our, you took our refrigerator. That's a nice refrigerator. We went, to, <laughs> we went to my father-in-law's house, Gary, just passed away this year and for years they had the bed they, man we had this nice king size bed with mattresses and and uh and somehow he had snatched that thing up and uh we we went over to his house I, I peeked into his room and said is that that same bed this is 10 years later yeah that bed man it was been a blessing thank god and i was like man that was a nice bed was it worth it but you know when i read that scripture i say yes it's worth it. Listen again to the words of Christ. Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother, wife or children or lands for my sake shall receive a hundredfold. Patrick, that prayer that you pray over every offering, that is only applies to people who make sacrifices. That only applies to people who leave behind something that is worthwhile. And a $5 bill in the offering plate never gets the hundredfold blessing. But it is those who make sacrifices. Mark 10, 29. Jesus answered and said, There is no man that has left house, brethren, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, lands, for my sake. He shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, and children and lands with persecution and in the world to come eternal life eternal life how can you put a price on that can you put a price on what what uh what eternal life is worth that's what sacrifice will bring in your life 
Verse 18 of our scriptures, we close. God's promise. He said, in your seed, Abraham, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. In other words, your sacrifice has the potential to alter destinies and future for every generation that comes. See, we are still affected by Abraham's sacrifice today. You and I enter in to a new dimension of blessing with God because of this decision he made to sacrifice the son that he loved. What about you? Will your children benefit from your willingness to sacrifice or will they will they suffer because of your stinginess toward God? Will your family tree one day think about you and say, thank God that my father, my grandfather, my mama, my grandmother, thank God that they sacrificed for me? Or will they say, man, I wish they would have thought a little bit more about the future? Listen, the way that you can affect the future is through sacrifice for God. Sacrifice your time, your money, your efforts, your mind, your heart for the kingdom. And what we find in this scripture so powerfully is a foreshadowing of God's ultimate sacrifice. See, God never asks you to do something that he hasn't already done himself. And this sacrifice, as tough as it was for Abraham, at the end of the day, God didn't let him go through with it. But God himself, he did go through with it. The same way that a father chose to sacrifice his own son is the way that the father chose to sacrifice his son. The same way that Isaac carried the sacrifice up the mountain was the way that Christ carried his own cross. They say that this Mount Moriah is most likely the same place in in Jerusalem where Golgotha Hill stood. The same way that three days, it says in verse 4, three days that Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place. And in three days, Christ went to the cross and was risen again. All of these, these uh, foreshadowing when God was willing to lay his own son on the altar and sacrifice for you. And if God was willing to do that for you, if Christ was willing to lay down his life for yours, then how do you get off saying, I don't need to sacrifice? Who do you think you are to say that you don't need to do what God has already done for you? I don't know about you, but if Christ was willing to die for me, then I ought to be willing to live for him. Stop making excuses. Stop falling in love with your comfort and your ease. Live for him. We say that living for God is a sacrifice, that being discomforted for him is difficult, but I tell you, it's not difficult compared to what he has done for us compared to what others go through so that they can serve God and be faithful to him. What the sacrifice that you and I have been called to is tiny, minuscule in comparison. So I urge you tonight, I challenge you, hear the call, the challenge to choose sacrifice instead of comfort. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? 
make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.